is super controversial. <laughs> What's up, Story Geeks? It's Jay. We are geeks, and we love geek stories, science fiction, fantasy, and comic books, which is why we want to break geek stories down and discuss how we might make them better. How could the stories that disappoint us, or even the stories we love, be better? That's the question we're discussing today. That's right, and we'd love for you to join in the conversation. I'm Daryl, I'll be co-hosting today, and we want to hear how you would make stories, geek stories better. So make sure you're subscribed on our blog, on iTunes, on Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, anywhere else you can find us, um, and leave us a comment. If you're watching live on YouTube, we do live shows on most Thursdays at 7.30 p.m., um, so you can check that out. We talk about the week's news and some other cool stuff. And you can even ask us questions during that live show. So click the subscribe button so you can join us when we do that. And uh, we want to thank you for listening and remind you that the Story Geeks podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. Yeah, and today's topic is Logan. We are going to try to make Logan better. And the way that it works is that Daryl and I will be giving our top three ways we would change the story to make it better. We can't cast, we can't recast any of the roles or change the director or the writer. All our changes will be focused around the story itself. That's right. And, um, but after we each read our top three, it becomes complete anarchy. So we each get to make one more change to the movie with no rules whatsoever. But there's a catch. If you want to hear what that one is, that's only available to Patreon subscribers. So that is exclusive content for our patrons. So if you like what we do with the Story Geeks, definitely consider supporting us on Patreon for that additional content and a whole bunch more. Yeah, and we're actually really appreciative of all the supporters. So one of the ways that Patreon works is that it's just a way for you to support us, but you actually get to have additional content. And I just want to thank Jeremy this week for supporting us, a brand new Patreon supporter. <coughs> Jeremy, thank you so much. You are our superhero, and we very much appreciate you. Um, also, another way to support us if you um, don't want to support us on Patreon or can't support us on Patreon, you can actually write us a review on iTunes, and we will be reading iTunes reviews at the end of this show. But until then, Daryl, are you ready to make Logan better? I am, but I have one little correction to what you said before. What did I say? Well, you said Jay and Daryl are going to read yeah, that's our right. top three. That's right. Normally that's true. Normally on these episodes, it's just Jay and I, but this is a special one. Tonight we have a guest. We do. So, Justin me. Weaver. Yes. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome. Thank you for letting me be here. Yeah. So, Justin Weaver, you've been on the show before. You've been on a couple different episodes. Tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Justin Weaver. I am the husband to a beautiful woman named Kim, Fiery Redhead. I work for the Walt Disney Company. I have two master's degrees in theology, and boy, oh boy, do I love movies and talking <laughs> with you guys about them. <laughs> so, ju so Justin has been on our top ten <coughs> comic book movies episode. Um, he's also been on our Guardians of the Galaxy episode, and... You are. You were also on some other episodes. Serenity. Serenity. Oh, that I wasn't on. Yeah, that's why so, you don't remember it. That's why I don't remember it. We didn't invite. It. Yeah. No, I was not invited. <laughs> I was kicked off the show for a week. So it's always good to have Justin back because Justin is probably one of the most positive people on the planet, and we're so thankful that he's here with us today. Definitely. Um, 
And we're going to jump into some of our ways that we would make Logan better. Who, want, who wants to kick us off? Who wants to take the first step into the world <clears throat> of Logan? Do it. You're the guest, man. I will take the first step. Um, now, this is my first time doing a Make It Better. So, I'm excited, but I also anticipate, anticipate I'm going to learn <laughs> how to do this better. So, here's the first way I would make it better. And this might be a little nitpicky, but as a filmmaker... Gabriella's video on her cell phone <laughs> took me out of the movie. So it's so uh, well produced. <laughs> it, it, it is so well produced that her voiceover is so clear. And it is conceivable that our iPhones, they, they have iMovie. <coughs> they have iMovie on it. And so it's conceivable that she shot a video of herself in that hotel room and then put other videos that she had previously shot into that video, keeping her voice over. It's very easy to do. Anyone could do it, but um, it feels like one of those elements of where it's serving the purpose of the story. It's giving Logan and the viewer information. Um, it's uh, yeah, giving us context and moving things forward in a way that took me out of the story because of the camera cuts, because... One of the times the camera is being held by someone that apparently gets attacked by a mutant, so it probably yeah. wasn't Gabrielle. There's just some inconsistencies in that. Now, that is not an overarching story over the whole big thing, so I'm really still curious how this whole conversation will go. <laughs> but well, uh, but that a, moment took me out of the movie, especially in a yeah. in a movie that's supposed to be the most realistic take on mutants that we've seen. I think that that's actually a really well-made point. I'm actually glad you brought that up because I, I didn't even, that didn't even occur to me as a thing to make it better, but it certainly does. So I say excellent job. What about you, Daryl? I've heard people complain about that for sure. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I get it. I mean, I always hate it when you see security cam footage in movies mm. and you know for sure that they're talking about one camera but there's cuts and like there's like insert shots and stuff like that. Yeah. It makes no sense. It's like yeah. you can't do that with a security camera. Good call. My first one is all about death. Death. <laughs> so my first one we'll, is all about death. We'll go dark immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's not dark. It's actually it's the opposite of dark. It's hopeful. Mm. Okay, so I want a couple of deaths in this movie to mean more. Okay? Mm -hmm. The first of which is Professor X. Charles Xavier. So, I, I do like that he dies. Mm -hmm. I like that we get to experience him right at the end of his life like yeah. this. But, he dies very unceremoniously. Mm. You know? And I know this is a tragic film. Yeah. I know everything in this movie is supposed to be dark and worst case scenario and... Just bleak as all get out. I get that. <laughs> but I think if his death was done in a way that somehow was sacrificial, that somehow saved Logan, you know? Yep. Caliban got that death. Mm. I feel like that Charles Xavier should have gotten that death. Yeah. Because Logan never really experienced Caliban and his death. Like... Right. He, he knew he died, and he felt bad for it, but he, wasn't, he didn't get to see him after he was hurt or anything. So right. 
but he held Charles in his arms as he died. Mm. So I would love for that death to be more sacrificial, thus teaching Logan to be sacrificial. Mm. So um, when the point comes around to where he's fighting X-24, mm-hmm. this might be two ideas rolled into one. I apologize for that. <laughs> but when it comes to X, him, him fighting X-24, Laura is the one that shoots X-24 in the head and mm. takes him out. I would rather see Logan do something to kill X-24 mm. sacrificially that saves Laura. Yeah. So basically, I guess to sum it up, my first one is I want death to mean more and teach the characters more. Mm. I think that that's um, really, really good and really strong. And maybe it's because it's also (laughs) very similar to mine. Um, So uh, I wish that there was some sort of true redemptive arc to this film. So I have a video that's out there right now called Two Reasons (laughs) Logan Does Not Deserve an Oscar. It is nominated for an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay. And as a writer... And just, I know this is not what you're talking about, yeah. but I don't get the adapted thing. Like, <clears throat> I don't get that either, because it's supposed I mean, to be adapted from Old Man Logan, which is a different thing. But it's not, is it? I mean, not directly. I know it has that vibe, but that is not adapting the story of Old Man Logan that's what it in is. any way. I don't believe so either, but that's technically what it is credited for. Yeah. That's why it's adapted. But I agree with you. Um, so, so a, a little, a little bit of background on this, right? If you go watch the trailers for Logan on YouTube, they are some of the best trailers ever created. The trailers are brilliant. Um, there's a, there's one trailer that plays with one of the most poignant songs I've ever heard because they play mm-hmm. with Johnny Cash singing a Trent Reznor song mm-hmm. about the need for redemption and the need to do things differently. If we had the chance to do them again, wouldn't we do them differently to try and save the people we love from our own hurt and brokenness and our impact on them? Have you seen the music video for that song? Yes. It's better than Logan. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's really good. It's super good. It's super good. So that's part of it, right? There's also another trailer where they play Amazing Grace. Yeah. The song Amazing Grace, an American classic... I know it's not an American song, but we've but we've really embraced that song. Yeah, um, and so I don't expect Logan to suddenly, <coughs> you know, find Jesus in this film. Yeah. I don't expect that to happen. However, I do I do expect based on the trailers they're giving me, I do expect a, re- a redemption of some sort. And so as you talk about the deaths and about the sacrificialness of those deaths, I go, yeah, that's redemptive. There's redemption in that. Yeah. Um, even in the even in the muck and the mire, there is a chance for us to experience forgiveness. There's a chance for us to experience joy and peace. And the film never goes there, but the trailers did. So I feel like I was sold something that I never had the opportunity to actually get invested in. I think that's one of the you know one of the reasons that prompted me to do the YouTube video was that I felt so angry at the end of the film that they gave me this, <laughs> but they promised me this. And, um, and this is a film that I really love. You know, I, I'd actually like to hear this, too, before we go into our number our second reasons. Um, I'd love to hear what you guys think of it. But I love this film 65% of the way through. But because of the lack of redemption and the lack of anything that even looks like redemption, I'm like, you bastards! You promised me something that I did not get! Um, and so, anyways, uh, I, so that I'm, I'm on board with that. The way you described the deaths coming about, I, I think that that's really good. 
I do have, maybe this isn't the best place to argue about it, but I don't know where else we're going to argue about it. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have one disagreement with your video. Oh, no. What is it? Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, let's dive into it. Have okay. you seen the video, Justin? I haven't. Not okay. yet. I will go okay. to YouTube and check that out. Yeah, check well, it out. Okay, so to provide context, mm-hmm. um, just sum up for Justin and for the people who are listening who haven't seen your video. Yeah. Sum up your point about um, Logan at the tail end of the movie. Yeah. You made a point when he knows he's dying. Yes. Um, he makes a choice to save the kids and help them and Correct. set himself aside. Yeah. Um, but you had a problem with that. About yeah. the, the way they construct it. So, so, so my video, just really quickly, the video, um, <clears throat> I won't explain it at all because you can go watch it on YouTube. So there's no reason for me to explain it at all. But my problem is, is that the movie foreshadows a couple things that it can't live up to. And it sets up the story in such a way that it can't actually fulfill a redemptive arc at all for Logan. Because his choices, the choices that he makes are very easy choices to make. They're not difficult choices. So mm-hmm. he never he never gets to be a hero because his choices are too easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it comes to saving the kids, my point was that because he's already sick and already going to die, he literally is going to die whether or not he saves the kids. So to not save the kids is a really dirtbag thing to do. <laughs> and my point was that that's... Too, it's too easy of a choice to be like, I guess I'll go save these kids because I'm going to die anyways. That's how I <laughs> felt, right? Okay, so that's the part mm-hmm. that I see differently. Okay. We're not really going to fight about it. I, I, <laughs> we I never do. I don't we always think, promise I don't, these fights. I know, we never, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think you're stupid for thinking that, but I see it differently. Mm. Um, so we want the redemptive arc, and granted, yes, it's not there. We yeah. don't get enough redemption in this film. But... The hope for redemption, I would, I would hope that when Logan gets to that point, yes, he's dying, mm-hmm. um, and yes, not saving the kids would be a dirtbag move, Yeah, but does that mean that he is then disqualified from being re- redeemed, from making a choice that truly does redeem him? Ooh, that is a really good question. So you say it's an, it's an easy choice to make. Yeah. Circumstantially, that's true. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's true in his heart. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not saying that that redemptive quality is super strong there. Yeah. I'm not arguing with that. Right. I'm just saying <clears throat> maybe we don't write him off just because it was mm. an easy choice to make. Yeah. Maybe and, there is something to that. Yeah. I think I agree with Jay in the immediacy of the death. You know, if he's going to be dead in somewhere between 15 minutes and two days. You know, he he's, doesn't have a lot of time to work with. Right. But he does have choices on how he's going to spend that time. So taking it just a step further, we're all going to die. <laughs> yeah. And we have choices on how we spend our time <laughs> until then. Yeah. And so um, his was less. There, it was an, an imminent death. Um, but... Logan being Logan, he could have ended it. He's carrying that adamantium bullet. Right. Uh, he could have just gone and numbed it. He said he was going to go to a bar. And, right. you know, he could have just gone and not thought about it. But he chose to walk through a lot of pain between now and death that he didn't have to endure. Um, and so it's not 
I still agree that it's not a full redemption. It's not, uh, it's not worthy of amazing grace. Right, right. But um, to see him choose that kind of pain selflessly um, to uh, save the kids still uh, was affecting to me. Yeah. I think, I think if we had gotten, and this is not in my notes at all, but as you talk about that, I think if we had gotten, if there was a character that was sitting there telling Logan, you know, the right journey is hard, Logan. Like, the, the right way to behave is difficult. And the way to escape is easy. Stop trying to escape. Like, and they had really pressed that point into us, and that we got that, like, kind of like, yeah, this is my last effort, like, I will do the hard thing. And the, and the thing was a little harder than what he did. I agree with you, there's a lot of pain he goes through, but it's, he's so used to that in his life, too, that I think that I would be way on the other side of things. And if there had been that, like, I don't expect, like I said, I don't expect Logan to find Jesus. That's not what I expect from Logan's character. But what I do expect is that he will consider that. He will consider what it is to be a hero or not a hero, and he will think back on his life in different ways and then make a definitive choice and say, I don't have much time left, but with the choice, with the time I do have left, I will do this. And he sort of does it, but it just done in, I think it could have been done in a way that would made it more powerful to us. Yeah. Yeah, I think he does it. And if you. If you watch the movie and assume that he went through that thought process, mm-hmm. it kind of works for you. Yeah, exactly. But also, they don't show it to you. We so. are presented with it. Yeah. Um, as I was watching it, I was thinking, I need a cutaway to Gandalf saying, you know, <laughs> so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. Yeah. All we have to choose is what to do with the time that's given to us. You know, yes. then Logan injects himself and goes and saves the kids. Yes. It's like, oh, great. But you're right. We don't. We don't get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's go into the, the second thing we would like to to improve. So why don't you start us out, Justin? Um, part of uh, just the wrapping up of the film, uh, I love the last shot uh, that we've got Logan's grave. So he's dead. And the kids that he saved are walking off in the distance. Mm. So this is the result of the movie. Logan sacrificed himself so that others could live. Mm -hmm. I love that shot. And the cross, which, uh, you know, I don't love that it was symbolically put on his side, but that it'd be made an X. (laughs) It's like, that's pretty cool, too. Um, So I like a lot of the end of the movie. And uh, I like that the movie had the guts to kill its main character in a superhero genre. This hardly ever happens. Mm -hmm. Um, So just that... There's actually consequences um, that he just doesn't come back. Uh, I thought that was a really strong move. So nitpicky again, but I did not love that Laura used the line from Shane as his eulogy. Mm. Um, I think, at least for me, it would have been more impactful if she had done something like simply repeating the names that she had repeated a couple of times in the car. Um, and just <coughs> call out all the kids that are now alive uh, because of Logan's actions. I like that. Um, and, like, speak that over his grave. Speak that over his um, over his actions. Um, I, I appreciate the line from Shane. Um, again, thinking, like... 
how did she memorize that verbatim after seeing it once when it was playing in a hotel room? So that again took me out of the movie for a second. Like, how did she memorize that? Um, but uh, if she, um, I like the, where it ends. Like, there aren't any guns now in the valley. Yeah. Like he he has stopped the bad men. Mm. They're free now. Mm. Um, and he and she both carry the scars of what's happened. So again, it ends on a downer. Like because it's like. It, there's there's some good that's been well, done. It starts on a and downer and stays there the whole time. <laughs> there's now people who have to walk around with the emotional and physical scars of the movie. Um, so, but for me, uh, that line from Shane wasn't the end all. It wasn't the silver animantium bullet to, to wrap up the movie. Yeah. Um, I, I think something that was already set up was uh, just her saying the names of her friends again. Um, and that's one option. I'm, I'm not sold on it, but... Yeah, I actually yeah. like that a that's lot. Good. You could actually have, as she says each name, they could have put a rock on his grave. And then it would be like this very impactful um, kind of moment there. I like that a lot. Or even just pan around, and now we have faces with yeah. these names that she was saying. Yeah, that's great. I like that. That adds redemptive quality. Mm-hmm. It does. For sure. Um, okay, my second one. So my second one is something that I have a problem with, but I don't necessarily have the best solution. (laughs) (laughs) Or any solution. We can see if we can come up with one. Yeah, we can figure it out together. I don't particularly like X-24. I'm not... That's what my next one's about! Really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, then maybe you have a better idea. So my idea is basically give us a different villain. Hmm. So, I mean, I know we have... um, I don't even remember their names. The blonde guy and the doctor. Pierce... (laughs) Thanks. Pierce. Cal- Cal- no, yeah, you're right, Pierce. Pierce, I don't remember the doctor's name. Yeah. It's the same, it's just like the son of the guy that messed him up. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. he's like, I think I killed him. Yeah, yeah, you probably did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, X24, just, I think you've said before that, you know, your 65% of the movie that you love ends when Charles dies, right? Correct. So, for me, that's where things start to take a turn, too. Because of um, X-24. Yeah. And to me, it, it came way out of left field. I know we saw the cage, and I know he mentioned X-24 before, and I know there was some foreshadowing to that. Yeah. But having it be a clone, yeah. a direct clone, a younger version of Logan, was really jarring to me. And I just... It creates a problem that feels unsolvable to yeah. me. So, you know, we have spent all of the... How many times did Hugh Jackman play Wolverine? Was it like eight or nine times? No, so yeah, a ton of times. He's been blown up, <laughs> shot, stabbed, <laughs> yeah. drowned. Yeah. Like, every possible thing. He, he sat on a nuclear... He was at Hiroshima. Yeah. A nuclear bomb. <laughs> I mean... Right, he was. It's like all this horrible stuff has happened to him, and he comes out of it. Yeah. And now we have a villain who is just that strong... But mm-hmm. younger and not suffering from adamantium poisoning. Yeah. So we have finally reached a point where there is a logical thing that could kill mm. Logan. Mm. But now we have a villain who is just as strong in him as him and doesn't have that logical point. Interesting. And I'm okay with Logan carrying around an adamantium bullet. Yeah. With the idea that he might use it to kill himself. Mm-hmm. But I'm not okay with the fact that it worked. <laughs> because 
If you watch X-Men Origins Wolverine, which I know most people hate that movie. I personally really enjoy that movie. I know Deadpool sucks, but I think Deadpool sucks anyway, so that doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, uh, He gets shot with an adamantium bullet in that movie. Oh, does he really? Yeah, and it does not kill him. Interesting. It takes his memory away. (laughs) That's why when he goes to... Charles, in the first X-Men film, he doesn't really know who he is or where he comes from. Uh, But it doesn't kill him. Hmm. And I just don't see any logical reason why an adamantium bullet would kill Logan. Hmm. I I can understand why an adamantium bullet could pierce his adamantium skull. Yeah. But if he's at the height of his strength and the height of his healing factor, he should heal from that if he can survive a nuclear freaking bomb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So I don't buy that as a solution. Yeah. And so I also don't buy it as a way to take X-24 out. Yeah. Um, so I would have rather had a villain that did not create that problem. Mm. And I know they were going for this whole reflection of Logan on himself. And yeah. Seeing what his savagery really is. Yeah. And I get that. I just don't think it was very well presented. Mm. It was a little too subtle. Yeah. And so I would have rather had a different villain. Mm. Well, mine is mine is all about villains. And it, so I agree <laughs> with you. I agree with you actually. I think that um now what I'm gonna say you can't break the tone of the film. Because I love the tone of the film. I I appreciate the fact <coughs> that James Mangold set out to do a film about a character who has lived an ultra-violent life mm-hmm. and dealt with a, a Professor Xavier, uh, one of the characters says, the world's most powerful brain turning on itself, right? I think that that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I mentioned this on another podcast, but I was listening to a screenwriting podcast where a guy came on the show who had, I believe he had colon cancer. It was, it was very bad. He was a young guy in his like late 20s, early 30s. And he said, I just so related to Professor X in that film. It just was so relatable to me. Someone mm-hmm. suffering and not, and not being able to control their own bodily functions and their own brain. Um, and yet he kept hope throughout the entire time. He knew what his purpose was, he knew what his meaning in life was, and he pursued that to the very end, despite his ailments and despite his brokenness. Um, so I think that that's a very meaningful character. I think the tone is very meaningful. So as I say what mine is, <laughs> I use all that to say, keep the tone. I don't know how you make sure that happens with <laughs> what I'm about to say. But I, don't, I, I would like to see it not be just X-24, and this is what I would like to see. I would like to see that X-24, from the very beginning of the film, so when they roll up on the compound in Mexico, where Logan yeah. and Laura and are, I think X-23, X-24 sorry, should be there. But it's only because he's the only one who's ready. Then, when we see them at the farm, we learn that there's a clone Cyclops, that there's a clone Gambit, that there's a clone Beast, and that there's a clone Rogue. So you're taking Ryan Reynolds from X-Men Origins Wolverine and breaking him up into all the characters. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> basically. Because now now what I think is really fascinating is now Logan is not only dealing with himself, <coughs> he's dealing with all of his best friends. And he's going, they're all turning against me. Like, it's all they're all mm. against me. And then, at the end, in the fight with we, in the forest, guess who shows up? Clone Gene Gray. Uh-huh. Now, um, 
what I would like to see at the... Well, sorry. So Jean Grey shows up at the end of the farm scene. But the only way... This solves your Professor X problem. Um, the only way Laura and Logan escape are when, is when Professor X prevents clone Jean Grey from killing them, allows them to escape, and dies in the process. Mm. Okay? Um, so now when Logan takes Laura to Eden... Um, he also knows that these kids are going to be torn up because he knows what they're going to be dealing with. The strongest fighting force on the face of the planet. And now he has to actually train the kids. And as he starts to train them, I think he gets to pass along this wisdom to them in a way that he doesn't to Laura. One of my biggest complaints about the film is that he gives Laura two lines. You know, you don't have to be what they made you. They, yeah. You know, like that. Like, come on, man. Like, this is a this is a distraught young girl. You've lived this life. You know it sucks. Give her something more than that. You have the power to do that. In this in this setting, I think that um, Logan can train the kids, and every time they do something that's a little wrong, he can be like, "No, be better than that. I should have been better than that. You can be." And then now he's starting to train the kids to fight this to fight his old teammates, and he knows them, so he knows how to beat them as well. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I think that, uh, when he, when the fight happens and he goes up against Jean Grey, this is now breaking him to the core because this is the love of his life. Yeah. And now I think that there's a, there's an arc there where he, now when he sacrifices for the kids, he's not just sacrificing what's left of his life. He's sacrificing. This is all, all I used to know and love is right there in the clones and I have the opportunity to actually be a part of it, but I refuse to take part in it, and I'm going to kill, I'm going to destroy them as if I can to save these kids. I think that would give us this crazy redemptive arc. I think it would be hard to do it and not be cheesy, but I would love to see it happen. Because he killed Jean Grey in the end of I Spend the Last Stand, and it <laughs> was <know>. cheesy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think it gives, us, it gives us some more weight, and it takes away from some of the problems that I totally agree with you, that X-24 causes. Hmm. So... Yeah, I'm <laughs> torn. That that I, I, I'm playing all of that out, and it's so cinematic. It um, gives Charles an opportunity to intentionally sacrifice himself, um, make a decision. Uh, I've had some family members that went through uh, Alzheimer's mm -hmm. and all of that, so it's just interesting to have uh, walked that road not as intimately. Um, but, uh, seeing people in those kinds of, uh, places, like many, many of the viewers have had parents or grandparents that, you know, have gone through similar stories, but didn't have Charles abilities. Um, but I, I love the idea that we get a moment of seeing Charles at his best, um, and that he sacrifices himself. That, that's enough for me to green light that project. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I think, I think I'm a little more forgiving of the character of X-24. Mm. Um, and it is because uh, Logan gets to be better than um, what he was made to be. Um, he gets to see what he was made to be. Um, I feel like he's on a spectrum between X-23 and X-24. Um, and he, he gets to choose. And mm. I don't think, I agree with you, that it wasn't presented as well as it could have been. Yeah. But I, I like the idea of it. I think I've been thinking about it more since uh, rewatching the film in preparation for this podcast and just really enjoying that. But again, I think like with adding Gandalf into before he injects himself, <laughs> I've been writing more, uh, mm. more depth into it. 
because um, I, I tend to be really forgiving of movies. I, I, I tend to just be like, that was great, and I wish there were all this. Um, yeah, but I love that sequence. My goodness, I that's great. I feel like we don't have a chance to see him choosing to be better than X-24, though. Just, you get to see him Because in action, he does the same thing. Like, yeah. they both just fight. Yep. savagely <laughs> and try and just tear each other apart. Right. There's no difference there. Yeah. Um, Logan is trying to protect the kids, but X-24 has essentially no brain. Like, he's <laughs> just, he's only doing what he's programmed to do. He's bucking. And essentially so. no brain at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to that adamantium bullet. <laughs> but, so... Yeah, I like I would I like I agree. I like that conceptually. I just don't feel like we get it in the movie. Yeah. My concern with your idea, Jay, mm. is cuz I like it and I toyed with something similar. Oh yeah. In a different way, um which I'll talk about further in the Patreon edition. Oh, nice. Yes. But um the the problem, well, not problem. The concern I have with it yeah. is bringing all those other characters in. Yes. So, I like how focused this movie is. Yeah. And, yes, it would be cool to see more mutants, more yeah. familiar faces, yeah. but I feel like it could hurt the focus, and I think yeah. the focus is important. I totally so agree. I struggle with that. I actually totally agree. That's why I, when I say make it better, I'm like, well, there's a big risk in doing this, because it might make it a lot worse. It makes it different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, so. it, I mean, it's, inter- it's an interesting idea, because if, if they really are basing this on Old Man Logan, which... Loosely at best. Yeah. But in Old Man Logan, Logan was the one who killed all the X Men. That's correct. Yeah. That's that's why. And actually, there's some indication in this film that they're alluding to that having happened too. Well, it's Charles who did it. Well, they're they're alluding to the fact that it was it was Charles who did it, but also potentially Logan. Because because uh, Charles really? gets after because Charles gets after Logan. And, what did you do? I know what you did, or something like that. He says that he gives him a couple of those lines. Uh huh. Um, so there's an indication, I think. But that isn't that during the same scene when he tries to sell Taco Bell too? Well, yeah. So, <laughs> so Charles is a little bit out there, so I'm not sure. So yes, the Charles definitely did something bad, and he remembers that, and he reflects yeah. on that. Um, but I think that there's maybe an indication that Logan had done something too. My favorite line in the whole movie comes from that scene. Which one's um, that? And it actually is. I talked about there not being enough foreshadowing for X24, but this is a, it's a very loose foreshadow of that. Hmm. But um, it's when uh, Charles is like, he's, he's freaking out, he's yelling at Logan, and he's like, he's like, who are you? You know? And, oh, yeah. And, um, and then when he starts to finally calm down, Logan's like, you know who I am. And, and, and then at one point, Charles says, he's like, I always know who you are, mm. but sometimes I don't recognize you. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That yeah. is such a good line. That is cool. <laughs> there, well, there's... There's some amazing lines in this film. There's some amazing interchange between... And it really... Some of that, for me, leaves once we hit the farm. But <coughs> even leading up to the farm, when Logan says, someone will come along, and Charles says, someone has come along. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Charles Xavier still saying, we're supposed to be the heroes, Logan, and being the hero isn't easy. Yeah. And it might cost us something, including our lives, but we should do it anyways. Yeah. I mean, those, are, those, those are like beautiful themes. Mm. It's a beautiful theme about a way to live your life. I feel like we're, it's also a way that like we're called to live our lives. is to say, it's not about us, it's about other people. Mm. Um, but uh, 
yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I can talk a lot about the things I love about the film. And yeah. And I can also talk about the things that really frustrate me. Yeah. yeah but. For sure. And for me, I feel like they, like, dovetail perfectly because the things I love about the film are also the things that I would change in some ways because it's such an intimate story. Yeah. It's such a small cast. Um, and there's something so good about that. One of the things that I thought of when I was writing my notes was that fans of comic book movies uh, <coughs> participated in art in that yeah. movie yes. differently than you do in your normal blockbuster superhero yeah. flick. Yeah. Um, and there's something substantially good about that, that Absolutely. they would walk away thinking or feeling yep. and potentially walk away better people. Maybe more depressed people, as we've been talking about. It's not a very helpful movie. But um, thinking about life and the consequences of the choices we make. Um, and so I love all of that. And if you watch the um, X-Men movies in sequence, this one doesn't fit great. Right. You know, and that, that bugs me on a different level, mm -hmm. you know, because I love what it contributes, but I do wish it had a bigger cast. It had more of the scenes that we were talking about. We got to see what happened in Westchester, and then we get to resolve it somehow, you know. And, I mean, not resolve it because they're dead, but, you know, redeem it somehow. Yeah. I do think I, I, I agree with you on all of those points. And I think that's why I was so disappointed in it, because I wanted something different to happen. And, I, and I'm actually a big fan of tragedies. So Watchmen, I think it's a great film, and I think it's very tragic. And I, that's one of the reasons I like it. Um I think it's interesting because if you go look at the Mark Miller comic, Old Man Logan, that this is... <coughs> have you read that? I have not. Okay. Um, I'm going to spoil it a little bit. Is that okay? That is totally fine. Okay. I'm here for the conversation. So Logan, <laughs> Logan at the beginning of that film is actually uh, somewhat at peace. He doesn't feel like the Logan that we know. He does not feel like the Wolverine that we are aware of. Because, he has a family. Yeah, he's a family and he's a pacifist. So he refuses to fight. He just put away his claws. He won't let his claws come out. He has decided that he is done. He has a wife and kid, like you said. Like, mm -hmm. Actually, two kids. And the journey that Logan goes on is the realization that evil is still in the world and that that evil, when it hurts him personally, he's going to get revenge. Um, and he goes through this character journey, which is actually sort of a type B negative. It's sort of a tragedy, but you're sort of rooting for it. This is why Mark Miller is difficult for me. Because he sends these <laughs> signals that I think are very odd to send to people. Because it's cathartic the way that he, res he resorts to violence. This is very different. Because Logan, from the very beginning, is still violent. And I like that, actually, about this film. But the comic, somehow, is more violent than the movie is. It's It's... It, it has more gore than the yeah. movie does. The, co the comic is brutal. Or sorry, the, the film is brutal. The comic is a 1980s horror film gore fest. Yeah. Um, With a completely different... The Freddy Krueger yes. that's mentioned. Yes. <laughs> With a completely different villain who you don't want to piss off. Yeah. Because you wouldn't like him when he's angry. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the comic is, is, is interesting to read, but I, I actually get... I actually get the a word. I think James Mangold was actually trying to do something far different with Logan's character arc. Like you would never play Amazing Grace. You would never play the Johnny Cash song "Hurt" on a trailer for the 
comic book. You wouldn't do it. You would play. You, you would play instead. You'd play like back tool. in black. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a really good one. Um, and so it's a very, very different story told in a very, very different way. So I love like what you're saying about where this is is so intimate, and the brutality that that comes from it is coming from a sense of intimacy. And so we just want oh, we want to solve that problem. So I think it's really interesting. Um, any other thoughts before uh, we get into our number ones? No, I think we're okay. Okay, so before we get into our number ones, um, I do want to let you guys know about one of the ways that you can support us. We have a brand new Patreon account. There's not a bunch of Patreons yet, but we're hoping that it will continue growing over time. Um, if you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is a service that allows fans to support creators, just like us, just like the Story Geeks. It also allows us to show our appreciation for your support by offering additional exclusive content only to our Patreon uh, supporters, like Wade and Jeremy, two of, our, two of our Patreon supporters that we've had in the last two weeks, and we're super thankful for you guys. Uh, right now on Patreon, you can listen to Daryl and I come up with some fan theories about geek films, and that's really a really funny episode. You can check that out. Um, we also have a new episode wherein Daryl and Sandra Demas and I all talk about our top five geek films from Steven Spielberg. Yes. So that's a really fun episode. Um, you might agree with Daryl, you might agree with me, or you might agree with Sandra. We're not on the same page. <laughs> we all have different ones. Um, and we actually, uh, Sandra was not even one that Daryl and I considered geek. So there's that, yeah. whole, there's that whole thing going on. Um, the last thing you can check out, and I highly recommend you do this, um, if you listen to some of our live shows recently, we've talked about our interactions with Mark Hamill. And the fact that Mark Hamill was actually responding to us. Um, an IGN even did an article about the tweet that prompted a response from Mark Hamill that was from us. Uh, that was a collaboration with Network 1901. Shannon McCarter and Dale Wentland joined us to talk about The Last Jedi. And we literally break down every pivotal scene in that film and talk about whether or not it added to the film and made it better. Did it detract from the film and make it worse? <laughs> what was all that about? We talk about all of that. So, um, this is a big advertisement for you to go out to Patreon and support us. So, we, I really hope that you would support us on Patreon because you love what we do. And then it just gives us a chance for those people who say like, hey, I really love what you do. We'll give back to you with additional exclusive content. And it all starts for only $3 a month. You're, you're free to give more than that. You're able to give more than that. But for $3 a month, less than a comic book, less than a gourmet cup of coffee... Um, you can get access to our additional content, and we're just very, very, very appreciative of you. If you're um, interested, go over to www.thestorygeeks.com, and then just select one of the tiers that you want to subscribe at and um, support us. It's pretty, pretty easy, seamless process. Patreon is a pretty good company, so highly recommend that you go out and do that. Now should we get into our, one, our number one? Let's do it. Yeah, it's enough advertising. Let's get into our number ones. Justin, what is your number one? My number one is someone other than Caliban with them. <laughs> so I hear the things Who? that I value, and, and I'll get to that okay, too. Yeah. Um, here are the things that I value about Caliban. Um, it shows that relationships have been developed since last we saw them. So it fills us in on a little bit of time saying that life has happened. It's not just the group we knew in... A vacuum, you know, staying the group we knew. So I appreciate that a new character was added. Um, and I understand his function 
of a tracker that uh, the mm-hmm. villains use him uh, to continue the plot. Um, and I don't think either of those things are needed for the movie. Yeah. Uh, they, the, uh, the villain, um, Pierce, uh, tracked Logan just from the lug nuts, uh, in the brutal scene in the beginning of the movie. And we see that, that they have drones that are chasing the kids. So there are other ways to track. Um, I don't think you need Caliban for the movie, uh, for the tracking that he provided. Um, and I, uh, I like that. He's a new character. I like that uh, we're seeing new dynamics. And I think it would have been much more powerful to have another character there that we know. Uh, another character to sacrifice himself or herself. Mm. Um, I don't have a character that I have full-on landed on. Um, <laughs> but uh, we have seen the back and forth, the relationship uh, between Charles and Eric. Uh, so to have an old Magneto um, helping his ailing friend um, would have been very affecting to me. And that would have gotten the Gandalf actor into, you know, it just, it all comes back around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, to have a relationship that is more well established that we as the viewers could have Im- immediately bought in on, um, I think that that would have... There, there would have been a lot to play with in that. Um, or even if you want to have someone uh, that their presence is a little more justified, like have Beast, uh, as a scientist, someone that is in a place to give care to an ailing individual, maybe try to find a way to cure Charles' seizures. You know, he can be working hard at that. He can be invested in that. I'm immediately invested in that. Um, I just think it would have been better to have a character that I was already invested in and uh, established relationships that the previous movies have already invested in that they could have paid off with immediately and not introduce someone that didn't contribute much, in my opinion. Mm. I know exactly who I would pick. Do you have anybody in mind that you might put in that position? Oh, man. Who would I put in that position? I mean, it'd be fascinating if you had... uh... It'd be fascinating if you had Charles as the angel on his shoulder and Sabretooth as the devil on his shoulder. Yeah. That'd be interesting. But well, who are you going to come up with? Well, I. at first I was thinking Rogue. I mean, but the whole relationship yeah. starts in X-Men and that would have carried, that, that would, had to have that through line. That would yeah. be amazing. But the difficulty with that is then you start to have you start to muddy the waters of him trying to do the right thing for Laura because we've already seen him in that position with Rogue in the yeah. past. Oh, true. Um, I, I do like how Caliban is was kind of a villain. I mean, he was a villain in X-Men Apocalypse, which is not even... That's kind of like, you know, worrying about what Shia LaBeouf did in Crystal Skull. Like, <laughs> we just don't need to talk about it. But I do like how... At least for fans of the character, or people who know the character, there is a little bit of a hint that Caliban is a villain, and now they've reached this point where they're so desperate, or they've just developed a relationship in amongst these hard times that they're working together. But that aside, I think if I was going to change that person, I would make it Gambit, and it would be Taylor Kitsch mm. playing Gambit again from X-Men Origins Wolverine. That's what I would do. I'd be down for that. That'd be cool. 
both because I love that character. I really like Taylor Kitsch. Mm. Um, and I think that's interesting because it's outside of all of the other X-Men lore. Yep. Like he met him in that movie. They parted ways. We've That's never seen point. him again. That's a good so. point, yeah. And I think in the hands of a screenwriter and a director uh, like James Mangold, that would have come with a real grounded nature that Taylor, you know, with his acting chops in Friday Night Lights and everything, uh, I think I think that would have been really cool. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Um did you so did you have a character that you wanted to be there? Um I think I would just go to Magneto, Eric just go to that relationship. Um I think it would be really hard for him to see his friend in that state. Hmm. Um and I think that would be uh emotionally affecting for the viewers. Um and then for Eric who is just uh a waffle man, like he goes back and forth. Is this guy a good guy? Nope, he's the supervillain. Oh wait, he's kind of good. Nope, he's still the supervillain. Uh, for him to, like we've been talking about, make one of those ultimate redemptive choices yeah. to save <coughs> Charles, to save Logan or Laura, um, and sacrifice himself in doing so. Um, I think you know it. It just would have brought more weight uh, when Caliban sacrificed himself. I'm like, cool, good yeah. for him, you know, <laughs> but I didn't care that right. he was dead. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, throughout the entire movie, it's like, oh, it's interesting that they have a very familiar relationship. It feels almost like they're married just in the bickering and the arguing and just the realness of this situation. I need you to take more care of this. I need you to. Um, so I thought that was interesting, but I just never cared about that character the way that I would have about some of the other characters that we've already lived years, decades with. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a really good point. What is your number one? My number one, I, 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 always, I feel like I always say this whenever we do this episode. Yeah. It's like, it's going to be <laughs> controversial. <laughs> but I think it might be. Okay. So I like I, controversy. I can sum my number one up with three words. Mm-hmm. Don't kill Logan. Whoa. Right? That is super controversial. <laughs> Don't kill Logan. Don't kill Logan. Okay. And here's why. Okay. You talk about the redemptive arc. Yeah. Um, and wanting a stronger sense of that. I think a fantastic way to achieve that arc mm-hmm. would be him... I, you know, I don't know what it would look like. I don't know why he could choose whether or not he's going to die. Yeah. Um... Maybe there's some way that he could heal himself, but it would be hard or whatever. I don't know. Sure, but sure. it would be interesting to me if he makes a choice to continue living in order to actually be with these kids and try and help uh, interesting. help them grow up to not become what he became. So he becomes Professor X. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Not in a heavy-handed way. I right. mean... I don't want to see a shot of, you know, Logan's school for the gifted or anything <laughs> like that. I, I don't want to see that. But, um, you know, a closing shot of him walking away with the kids or mm. it, it can all still take place in that forest. Like it, it doesn't have to, 
grow beyond that. We don't need to see a one year later kind of thing or anything like that. But I just think so much of this lack of a redemptive arc is wrapped up in the fact that he dies and does he die for enough? Mm. You know, did he do enough before he died? Yeah. What's the legacy that he's leaving behind? And as much as I love legacy, yeah, yeah, I think, what if you just come at it from a completely different angle, wipe that all away, and don't kill him? Yeah. You know, make him decide to go forward in spite of how hard things are and continue on himself, and not only himself, but actually shepherd these kids as well. Uh, that's pretty fascinating. So I am trying to come at addressing the exact same problem, but I came at it in a different way. For my number one. Okay. So it's funny that we are so there's so much that's similar. <laughs> Maybe we're just doing too many shows together. Maybe we are. I yeah. don't know. I'm uh, curious though. What do you think? Before you go into yeah, yeah, this, yeah. I'm curious, Justin. What do you think about? I have two thoughts that are completely opposite from each other. So, um, <laughs> for this movie, he has to die. For this movie to be this movie, um, Logan has to die. And so this goes back to what I was saying about. What I love about this movie is also what I dislike about it. So if it's going to still be Logan, I believe he has to die. Um, And for a couple reasons, but one of them being uh, there are so many movies that don't make that decision. They don't have the teeth. They don't have the claws uh, (laughs) to make that final decision. hard, tragic decision. So I think in this movie, he has to die. For me, if I were writing this movie, that's how it would end. Um, I, <coughs> I want his story to end with him uh, seeking to live up to Professor X's legacy. He's been given some incredible things by Professor X, and for him to turn and give that to others... That's what I want. Mm. It just would no longer be Logan. Yeah. So so that it's it's a hard place because it's like that's the story I want to watch. That's the story I want to walk away with. That's just not this story. So I can't see Logan ending without him in the ground. It's funny because I wanted what I really wanted really badly was for Logan to stay Logan, but to point Laura to Professor X. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to say. Don't be me. You were you were made in the image of the wrong person. Mm. You should have been made in the image of Professor X. Um, so I think that like I, I'm like somewhere in the middle. I'm like yeah, I want, <laughs> I want that, but I want it differently. But um, it's certain that I do believe that that's super controversial because there will be a number of people on here that are like yes, and then there will be a number of listeners that are like. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So I think that's good. I think that's always controversy is good. Anything I can do to undermine the community? <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't make a video called "Why Logan Doesn't Deserve an Oscar." <laughs> but um, okay, so so here's here's my number one, and it gets at the same issue. It actually gets at the same issue. I still want Logan to die. I don't want him to live. However, I believe that the wrong person is sick. I believe that Laura should be the person that's sick. I believe Laura should be the one who's suffering from adamantium sickness because they didn't get her mutation right and her her healing factor is actually not strong enough to overcome the adamantium that's in her body. Mm. And the reason why I believe that is because 
Um, I think we can have a very bitter, like old, like like older seeming Logan, but his his healing factor is still there. But he's just very much like a gritty old per like old like grumpy person, just like he is in the film. Um, but Logan's not going to die anytime soon. Logan's going to keep living. He's going to keep living in his rotten way that he's living now. And this, I think, um, is where it comes down to how Logan will die. And I believe Logan needs to die at the end of the film by giving or transferring his healing factor to Laura and saying, you're going to live on, but if I keep living on, I'm going to keep living the same way. And this completes the loop for me. Because you told me in the trailer, in the Johnny Cash song, Hurt, if I could do it all over again and take back all the things that I did, I would find a way to do that. I would find some way. And now you're completing the arc for me because Logan has found a way. He's taken himself as a younger person and said, I'm going to let you live and I'm going to take the hit and I'm going to die. So that's the way I would actually change that. Now Logan's sacrifice, first of all, it's a hard choice because he's not sick. He's not going to die. He has to give up on this. And and the sacrifice is incredibly heroic. It's incredibly heroic. And I think that there's a there's a redemptive arc there that says maybe he doesn't actually do anything besides that act to qualify for the f- level of forgiveness that we all want to see him get. But this is what I feel like is at the end of our own lives. Like like Justin, you talked about this, right? Like it's like I always like to say spoiler alert. <coughs> Everybody listening to this podcast is dying. Like, yeah. like it's going to happen, right? Life is terminal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think that, like like we have the we have the opportunity as um, and I believe this as a as a Christ follower. We have the uh, we have the opportunity to say I will give up my life because Jesus gave up his life for me. And that is the ultimate redemption. That is the ultimate showcase of I will not be selfish. I will be selfless. And I don't think we can ever hope to achieve being Jesus. I don't think that's the thing that we're capable of doing. But a chance to live into some level of that is something that I would have... I got that trailer. I love that trailer. This would have finished out that trailer for me. And I would be super stoked about it. So mm-hmm. that's my that's my number one. How do you guys feel about that? Interesting. I love. I love the angle of him sacrificing himself for Laura. I'm not super hot on him transferring his healing factor to mm-hmm. her. I feel like there's a... I mean, I know we're talking about mutants and people with <laughs> metal grafted that they're skeletons and everything, so, you know, nitpicking about realism is kind of stupid. But I feel like the idea of him transferring his healing factor to somebody else yeah. is a little bit outside the lines... Of, of their structure of believability that they've mm-hmm. set up in the movie. That's fair. Um, I picture in in that transference scene, Rogue, and that would be super emotional oh, for yeah. her. Oh, interesting. Um, and uh, th- a, a motto of the United States Air Force Parish, uh, Pararescue came to mind, that others may live. Just oh, a yeah. great motto. Um, <clears throat> so... That act feels incredibly Christ-like. That someone who fundamentally has eternal life yeah. would willingly give that up to save someone and give them that life mm-hmm. at their own expense. That's just that's that's the gospel. Mm-hmm. So um, that would have been 
an amazing thing to be able to talk to people about. Um, I love interacting with pop culture, regardless of what it is, and finding the the value and finding the redemption. Um, that's what you guys have invited me into, and that's what this you know group and this podcast is all about. Um, but that would have been that would have been the kind of thing you know that I preach sermons off of Logan. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I don't I don't want it to break his character either, right? Like we don't. This is somebody somebody. Um, <laughs> people have said this, and I agree with this wholeheartedly. This is Wolverine. The other ones have been some semblance of, well, let's make Wolverine uh, teen acceptable. Yep. Right. This, but this is really the Wolverine that we would. I believe that I have seen in the comics the brutality of it, the attitude that he has. Um, this is not Hugh Jackman playing a brutal role. It is Hugh Jackman becoming brutal Wolverine, <laughs> right? Like it, it doesn't seem like he fully is enmeshed in that character at this point. Um, in a character that I would have even told you that like he wouldn't even be capable of getting to, and yet he is, because he's, Hugh Jackman is a great actor. But he doesn't look like Wolverine. He, he, he's like the nicest guy in the world. Um, I just watched The Greatest Showman. So I, that was kind of <laughs> yeah. playing in my mind. Side by side. I'm like, well, this doesn't, this doesn't match. <laughs> it doesn't quite match, right? So, um, but anyways, I think that, uh, I think that, and I'm actually a little bit bummed out that the movie wasn't nominated for um, an Oscar, because I think Patrick Stewart deserves oh, an Oscar. yes. For this this role, um, I wish that I had been the nomination, and I think that you can make an argument that both Hugh Jackman and um, Daphne Keene deserve Oscar nominations as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, we got what we got, so yeah. we roll with it. Uh, any other last thoughts about Logan? Are we good to go? And before we get into our Patreon exclusive content, well, we got to pick our favorites. Oh, of course! I always this is the part I always forget. You <laughs> I'm do. Glad that you, you remember. Do. I forget this every single time. Here's my last thought. Yeah. I, I, I was scanning through my notes. Um, so Logan's last line is, uh, this is what it feels like. Mm. Um, and that hit me on two levels. A, it's death. Because yeah. he's never experienced death. He's experienced a lot, but he's never experienced death. Mm. But I do think that he's experiencing love differently than he has his entire life. Mm. And so I think he says that line with a real closure, not only that, oh, I'm dying now, uh, which is the first way I read it, but mm-hmm. he's holding hands with Laura, his daughter. She's calling him daddy at this moment. Mm-hmm. And I think he he sort of becomes whole in, in his dying moments um, mm. and says, oh, this is what it feels like. I think this is the life that Charles wanted for uh, me mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Living sacrificially you know and we've had that discussion yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. our points and all of that um and uh being in a family yes i think that's a, that's a really good i think that's really good i'm glad you capped it off that way um because i really i really like that too that's good so now can you recap um your three <laughs> my three were gabriella's video is shot in a way that makes sense <laughs> or or at least we see that she's uh an editing pro Uh, uh, we don't use the quote from Shane um, that she memorized verbatim from seeing randomly but uh, maybe she uh, recites the names of all of her friends like she uh, like Laura had a couple of times in the movie 
Um, and someone other than Caliban is uh, hiding out with them in uh, Mexico. I suggested that Eric Magneto uh, would have been the most affecting um, relationship, but uh, now thinking uh, with what I'm going to choose for my number one, maybe it could have been Rogue, and that would have set up for how everything would have gone at the end. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Daryl? What are your top three? Okay, mine were, uh, the first one was Make Charles, kind of similar to your third a little bit, but Mm -hmm. Make Charles and Wolverine's deaths more sacrificial. Yes. Um, but especially Charles. Mm-hmm. And then my second one was get rid of X-24. Mm-hmm. Give us a different villain. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the problem of him being just too hard to beat. And then um, my third one is don't kill Logan. Yeah. The controversial <laughs> one. All right. So mine were, um, like you like you mentioned, a true redemptive arc um, for... for both Xavier and Logan. Um, number two was the team of enemies, so it's not just X-24. So it's funny because we're tr- both trying to solve the same problem in a way, just different solutions. Um, and then my number one was that Laura should be sick and then that Logan should give up his healing factor to Laura so that she can continue to live out life. Yes. Um, now, before, before we choose, you just mentioned something in yours that I, I want to address for a minute because I didn't address it in my video, but I think it's important. Because I think the writers were toying with three different perspectives on what it means to live a human life. And I think those perspectives are exemplified in Pierce. Because Pierce says to them, he says to Caliban at one point, he goes, you know, I got this theory that people don't really change. Right? And his whole thing is, no, 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 no. People don't change. They just are who they are. That is diametrically opposed to Charles and Charles's theory. Because what does Charles do? He takes broken people, he welcomes them in, he makes them whole, and he reaches out to other people that are broken to make them whole. Very diametrically opposed to Pierce's view. The Shane one is interesting to me. Um, you guys are going to get a little bit of a hint on which one I'm going to choose. Um, because the Shane one is some middle ground that's very fuzzy. And it's actually, I think, what happens to Wolverine. Because... Because what they, but what Shane is saying is, I'm a killer, I'm going to be a killer, but I'll aim myself in the right direction and only <coughs> kill bad guys. That's kind of what Shane says. I, I, I'll mm-hmm. take the town out, don't expect me to be anything more, and now I'm going to leave. And that's basically what happens with Wolverine. So I think that the, the filmmakers kind of created like, yeah, there are Charles Xavier's in the world, there are Pierce's in the world but a lot of us are just Wolverines and just point us in the right direction and hope that we kind of get there. And I think that causes the biggest problem in the film. So I guess I'm revealing what mine is. I I like that one. I like the Shane quote is wrong and it sets up, it sets up this dynamic that I just can't abide with in terms of what happens to Logan. So that's mine. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Um, well, you're you're coming out ahead because my favorite is one of yours too, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a different one. Um, I really like your idea about what Laura says at the end about reading off the names of the kids and stuff like that because I feel like that goes a long, long way without changing anything else in the movie. Mm. Like it's a very tiny change that would mean a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, Justin kind of killed it with all three. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of all really awesome. Um, yeah, so uh, if if it were another movie, I'd want the X Men team to mm. have fought, and I want Logan to live. If it's another movie, um, so you're not uh, picking either of those. If, if it's this movie, I I want Logan to give his healing uh, his healing element to Laura. Mm. That that feels really important to me that he is like we were talking about not just choosing here's how I'm going to spend my last day I guess if I'm going to die regardless um but if he's choosing to truly give up his life um that he was n- under no compulsion to do that um there's no uh yeah adamantium poison uh eating away at him he's not miserable um, but he understands what real life is, what love is, what sacrifice is, and he makes that choice uh, to give Laura his life and help her to live a better life in the time he has left. I, I love <coughs> Cool. Any final closing thoughts? No. No. Patreon time. Patreon time. And that was a really, <laughs> that was a yeah. really fun discussion. That I really enjoyed having a third voice in our Make It Better. So thank you for joining us, Justin. That You're was really very cool. welcome. Thank you for having me. I always love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that is it for today's show, except for our Patreon. So you can actually go over to Patreon and make sure that you uh, um, see what we're doing over there. Um, also, don't forget to subscribe. So you're listening to this. This is going to be the audio-only version of the show. But you can also follow our blog or follow us on YouTube. So don't forget to do that as well. If you search for the Story Geeks, you're going to find us. Let's just put it that way. We're out there. Yeah, we are out there. And before we close out the show, I am going to read an iTunes review. We will read your iTunes reviews on the show if you submit them to us. And this is a really fun one. It's also a short one. Um, And the title is Storytelling. It is a five-star review. And it is by Toaster Hunter. And we always love it when someone works a sci-fi title into (laughs) a geek title, into their name, their username. So what is Toaster Hunter referring to, Daryl? Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Um, This is the review. Uh, You guys have a great way of digging deeper, but not just for the fun of it. You do it to find truth and then to share that truth with people. You can guarantee I'll be listening to all your episodes. So Mm. nice, short, sweet review. And we very much appreciate it. Thank you, Toaster Hunter. So thank you for that. We really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, we will read um, iTunes reviews on future episodes, so please give us an iTunes review. It just helps people find us, um, which is really cool. helps new people find us. If you want to reach Professor X levels of influence, then share your favorite The Story Geeks episode on social media. We really appreciate when you do that as well. And the, and the top downloaded episode has been shifting all around because we have all these new downloads all the time. So... Take your favorite episode and share that with some people that you know. Links to everything we've talked about today, well, I should say most of the things we've talked about today, will be in the show notes. And also consider supporting us on Patreon because you will get access to that exclusive content, the exclusive content that we are about to dive into as soon as we finish up here. Head over to www.thestorygeeks.com. And as always, question everything in your favorite stories and always seek the truth.